0: This podcast is proudly supported by Drama Victoria. Consider becoming a Drama Victoria member today and take advantage of the Drama Victoria member benefits. We would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record. We record on the land of the Boon Wurrung people. We pay our respect to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we are very lucky to have three extra special guests for this episode. We have Danielle Haradsky, Andrew Byrne and Jane Carter, three of the numerous authors of the recently published work It's Got to Be a Journey, Learning to Teach First Nations Content and Concepts in the Australian Drama Classroom, recently released at NJ, the Drama Australia Journal. Danielle Horadsky, Andrew Byrne, and Jane Carter are reading an excerpt from that published work. It is an ethnodrama based around a series of interviews conducted into teacher attitudes to using First Nations content and concepts in the drama classroom. We then ask a few questions about the article, how the work came about, and their thoughts on how to tackle First Nations content and concepts. So the first voice you will hear will be mine, reading out some stage directions from the ethno-drama play developed from the interviews, and then you'll hear the voices of Danny Horadsky, Andrew Byrne, and Jane Carter. Without any further ado, I bring you a conversation with these three champions. Scene 1. Critically Reflecting On slash Through Life Experiences slash Identity. During this scene, the critically reflective themes are grouped together. All of Janice's themes belong in this region of the collective map. Together with Sam's theme, Personal Experiences, they form two sides of a triangle pointing towards Quinn's theme, Storytelling, and the landmark title, Critically Reflecting On slash Through Life Experiences slash Identity. One side of the triangle holds critical reflections on more personal, physical experiences, the other on more emotional, abstract ideas.
1: This thing of identity, who we are as Australians, always been close to my heart, it's really important for us to know who we are.
2: We teach who we are. If we don't know ourselves, then we can't teach.
1: I'm obsessed with why we're so silent about the past, the great Australian silence. Pascoe would argue that the people writing history had to be silent because it justified terra nullius. We have to justify the taking of the land. But it comes back to who we are as a nation. Currently, there's something deeply wrong with us as a nation. Until we get this sorted out, I don't think we can ever really be free. I yearn for us to look back, acknowledge what happened and embrace our shared history. Only then will we become Australians.
2: Walid Ali argues that Australia can't come to terms with its past because of our cultural mythology. To actually acknowledge our violent past and present dissolves our collective fantasy that Australia was built on mateship and a fair go for all. It's the challenge of disrupting an entire belief system, these fundamental assumptions about who we are.
3: Disrupting established stories and telling new and old ones.
1: It's a spiritual calling. To me, there is a spiritual hold over us, not wanting to admit what happened. I feel like it's got to be broken in the spiritual realms. If we
3: don't teach it, this is a completely missed opportunity to understand our cultural identity.
0: That is the end of part one of the reading. There will be a second part of the reading at the end of this episode. We are about to welcome Danny Horadsky, Andrew Byrne and Jane Carter to answer some questions about this article. And we welcome to the podcast, Danny, Jane, and Andrew.
2: Hi, Nick. Hello. Hi.
0: Thank you so much for giving us your time. We really appreciate that. So uh, you're all passionate about teaching First Nations content and concepts. Have you all had similar experiences that made you feel this way?
2: I would say definitely not, but also, <laughs> also some similarities.
3: Yeah, it was interesting. We, there were some of us that knew each other and had connections already, but then there were some of us that were new to each other and had very different journeys.
1: Yeah, I feel like um, I've been doing this a while, uh, but on my own. And I feel, I guess felt like I was the only person in the world doing it. So it was wonderful to connect with other people and to learn that, you know, we're not alone. There are a lot of people on this journey as well.
2: Sorry, I think one of the things that was most exciting for some of us that have been doing it for longer and have started doing it because of a family connection or life circumstances, was actually seeing teachers doing this just from professionalism, because not everyone's going to have a personal connection. So for actually this work to actually happen, it needs to be all teachers.
0: Yeah, and and talking about that journey, have you always been confident and and passionate about this topic, or or has it been something that's taken time? (laughs)
3: Yes, (laughs) confident, no.
1: (laughs) Um, I've always been really passionate about it. I have always wanted to do it and I felt like I had to do it, like it was a moral imperative. I don't think I always got it right. I I knew that, you know, along the way I was probably making some mistakes, but I, I've reflected on it, you know, many times and thought it's better that I'm doing something than and making a few mistakes than nothing at all.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I first started my teaching career, I was like, oh, okay, well, how do I do this? Where do I do this? Um, who, who can help me do this? And the school that I started at, you know, had, had a dreaming unit and I thought, oh, okay, here's some work that they've already been doing. I can have a go at this. Um, but then I went, it needs to be more than this. It needs to not be in isolation with a small unit of work with year sevens. So, you know, where more can I do it? Where, where else can I embed this in my curriculum? And meeting other people who are having the same questioning is where that impetus came from. Okay, let's try something different. Let's let's embed it in a different year level in a more meaningful
0: way. Great. I'll piggyback on something you mentioned, Jane. You, you talked about finding joy in the moral imperative and it's in the article as well. That there's so much fear around teaching this content wrongly or, or being over serious or not serious enough. You know, what have you found from thinking deeply in, on this topic in this area that, that might help others?
1: Well I think you just have to be honest with the students and and explain to them that you don't know everything um, and that you're learning, you know, along with them. Um, But I mean, there's so much information out there. You only have to Google it. And together, as you learn with the students, um, it's actually a really powerful experience because you're both learning together and you're having these just amazing uh, revelations. Like even today I was looking at the final quarter, the documentary on Adam Goods, and we were almost brought to tears as a class as we acknowledged just the pain that some Indigenous people face. And together we just all had that wonderful experience of you know acknowledging something and oh just those those teaching moments are so valuable. Um, yeah, I guess you've just got to, you know, take a chance, get in, get in there and start exploring.
2: There is a joy and a satisfaction even when it is deeply emotional and maybe you're experiencing yeah. a lot of sadness or shame or anger. There's a, there's a joy in diving into those emotions honestly rather than shutting them away. Um, and I think the students really sense that they're doing worthwhile work, meaningful work, um, which is yeah.
0: awesome. So the number of teachers working with First Nations content is growing all the time. How do teachers take the first step?
3: Two it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like ripping the Band-Aid off, you know. You've just got to, adding on to what Jane and Danny have already said, it's it's working through that fear and that uncertainty and acknowledging that you don't know everything and that that's okay and be willing to take a risk, be willing to make a mistake, but to learn from it and, um, and to keep growing yourself as a learner, um, learning, like in, in the script, learning alongside the students.
2: Mm. I think what we found was that there are many, many entry points to this work. Um, for a lot of us relationships were that entry point but for some of us that wasn't we didn't some of us didn't have relationships to first nations people or to this knowledge Um, but it was important to seek seek those relationships if we didn't have them Um, there'll be some critical reflection that happens on yourself on your own identity on what what stories you want to teach what what Kind of young people you want to raise, and there will be that emotional roller coaster.
1: Um, I think also start local. Last, last year, I started to explore the local history of Melbourne with my Year 11 drama class, and what we learned was like, it was totally amazing. Um, and it was like a mystery, it was like unraveling a mystery and seeing the true history of Melbourne a history that really is not taught to us and understanding the journey of um, the Kula Nations people, the first you know 100 years and, and how they had to survive and how they created Koran It was like discovering it together with my students was totally joyful. It was like we had just, yeah, just like unraveled a mystery that had been hidden from us from all these years. And we've got a First Nations person in from the area to come in and speak to us. And that just added to the depth of the knowledge, and it was joyful, um, yeah, having a really strong revelation about, you know, what happened here in Melbourne.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and tackling this content appears to me that you have to be comfortable with not knowing everything, comfortable with not being the expert in the room and yeah. happy to share that share that journey with your students, which can sometimes be a, a barrier to some people trying something that they're so used to being the arbiter of all knowledge that this can be quite scary. But luckily, you have an article like this one or an article like Teaching First Nations Content and Concepts uh, that's also available. and we'll, we'll link that into the episode description. But I'm wondering, Danny, if you don't mind giving a description of of this article and why it was written and how it might help people.
2: For sure. So we started this um, kind of coming from the opposite perspective. Like instead of going, well, how do we get people who aren't confident or aren't interested to to become interested and confident and passionate? We went, okay, we are. We are confident and passionate and interested. What happened to us to get us to this point? Um, and we just started having these conversations and we recorded them and we ended up doing some creative map making, trying to find out what were those key experiences that led us to be who we are today in the hopes that we could kind of create a roadmap for other teachers wanting to come along on the journey.
0: So this article may be a great first step for some people
3: looking I to hope, explore it more.
2: I hope so. That be That's the aim. Yeah. <laughs>
3: And I think because it is, um, it, it did come out of conversations that hopefully the person reading it can identify themselves in the characters that are in there. They may say, "Oh, I've had that feeling," or "Oh, I've had that experience," or "Oh, I want to have feel that, I want to feel that passion or excitement for what they're doing." So I think that's that's one thing about the article because of the way that it's written and structured. Um, you know, taking the conversations that we've had, and and the way that like really the way that Danny really formatted it into that script, into these characters um, that the reader will be able to like 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 we do with theatre, we identify ourselves with the characters that we see on stage, and we can empathize, and we can understand, and we can learn, and we can have some form of catharsis at the end of it as well.
0: Absolutely, and if that has not yet whetted your appetite, I can tell you that the article is a pleasure to read. Uh, As you said, incredibly well formatted and um, you can get through it reasonably quickly and and learn a whole bunch. We started with an excerpt from the script and we'll show you a, a second scene at the end of this episode as well. If you'd like to learn more, there is a link in the episode description. It's going to be a journey, learning to teach First Nations content and concepts. I would like to thank you for your time today, Danny, Jane and
2: Andrew. Thanks
0: so much for no having Thanks for having us. <laughs> Scene two, relationships learning. All of the educators except Janice have a theme mentioning the physical experiences of learning and or relationships. The educators group these together, forming a diagonal path up to Janice's theme, empathy, seeing life through someone else's eyes. They title this region of the map, which has many entry points, relationships leading to learning and learning leading to relationships.
2: Relationships and connections with people have been so important to everyone. There's a vulnerability to tackling what is scary or unknown.
3: The community of professional learning, connections, the web of relationships. That's how all of us have gotten to this place.
2: Landscapes and places also relationships.
3: Starting this journey with no prior knowledge, no links or educational support was terrifying, but Coming out as a team with the knowledge that we gained and the community relationships that we built was exhilarating. The beauty of it is that our journey has only started. There is really so much more than we can learn.
1: I'm slowly understanding that whole concept of relationships. I never really connected with the word. I've been like on my own for so long, but it's the relationships that I made with other teachers in my school that were important. It was chipping away, planting the seed, watering it, talking to them, planning. That's where the change has come from, those relationships with other teachers.
3: And with community and with our students. My journey began by posing questions. Why was this important to me? What did I want to achieve from it? What kind of learning journey did I want to take my students on? For the journey to be successful, I needed to become a co-learner with my students. My knowledge and understanding of First Nations cultures and stories was really limited. By accepting that role of co-learner, my students and I became a united team.
2: It is so important that we do position ourselves as learners. A lot of white people come to this space with a saviour complex, so an attitude of knowing it all, appropriating the space. Humility is really important. The ability to say, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm trying. When you're leading or facilitating other people's learning experiences, it can be challenging to find the time to sit and reflect and actually learn things. Putting yourself in the position of a learner can be revelatory, but it can be hard when you're leading a project to allow yourself to take up as much space as others. In our stories, that moment of revelation often came as a consequence of some kind of relationship or following through supported by a relationship with someone else. It's quite striking.
3: And yeah, learning is also a personal thing you've got to want to do the learning it's your own impetus, but it's also influenced by others.
1: What comes first, who makes you want to learn, is it inspiration from other people, or is it from within.
2: Sometimes if you had inspiration from within it's the support from others, it helps you to push beyond your own limitations.
3: We need the influence of our relationships with other people and new people to learn and transform.
2: Transforming can be painful.
0: As Remy says this, they place this theme in the centre of the map.
3: But the result can be beautiful. We all started off as islands, doing this work without knowing that there are other people doing it as well. Now we're part of an archipelago. We're together on the same map, on the same journey.
0: That is all for this episode of The Aside. Thank you very much for listening. Huge thanks also to Danny Horadsky, Jane Carter and Andrew Byrne for their time today. If you would like to read this article, please find a link to it in the description of this episode. Click that link and you will find it straight away. There are a load of episodes in the bank waiting for you to listen to them on a range of topics as well. Feel free to go through those and find one that piques your interest. If you'd like to ask us a question, please do not hesitate to do so at asidepodcast at outlook.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Thank you to Hale Library for letting us record here, to Aaron Searle for providing the music, to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support, and of course, thank you for listening.